and we're back. The magic of technology. Here we start now. We start. Do it. Now? All right. This is Dan. This is Jeff. And this is Scott. Who's going to actually finish it? <laughs> what would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Who got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? You're being realistic. As the story grows. Welcome back to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. My name is Trav, and we're going to cut right to the chase and get to the second half of the Zayo Well-Intentioned Virus interview with Dan, Jeff, and Scott from Zayo. First half is biggest episode I've ever done, hands down. I've never gotten so much attention. Uh, wow. Thank you, everybody who listened to that, and thank you, everybody who's listening to this one. Uh, thanks to Zayo and everybody involved for making this possible. Couldn't believe my eyes. Watching the charts just blow up all week. It was so much fun being a part of something like this. And I hope you all enjoy the second half. Let's get a, a little bit of house cleaning out of the way here. Uh, Seth and I mentioned that there's a contest for you guys, for somebody one of you guys or gals, to win a autographed Zayo poster from the show on the 18th. This episode, this chapter, is going up on the 13th. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out, follow at Skull Toaster on Twitter and answer tomorrow's trivia question. The answer was revealed in the first half of this podcast, so last week's, we're also going to be putting up a YouTube video with blooper reel, which is going to be hilarious because these guys are nuts. That's also going to be in there. The link will be in show notes. Go watch that. Spread the YouTube video around. Push this thing around. Retweet it. Make everybody pay attention to it. This is a big deal that a band sat down and revealed everything that they're doing with a song clip from every song for the entire album on a podcast. PRP picked it up. Thank you, PRP, if you're listening. But push this thing around, man. Make sure everybody hears about it. This is a big deal. Super cool that it's going on. Also, just a little bit of a heads up. Next week on the 20th, I sat down and got an opportunity to talk to Chris Rains, drummer from Spitfire if y'all remember Spitfire, and he's involved in a new project called Sundrug, and I'm going to have exclusive clips from that band on here also. Hope y'all tune in and listen to that. Here we go with new revealed stuff again. Scott gave me a copy of Xenophile, which is the remix of Xenophobe, which no one's ever heard before. It was remixed by Joey Milligan of Anne Berlin, and we got permission from Joey to use this song. I dropped clips of it here and there. Not the whole thing, because it's not mine to give away. But we wanted you guys to get a little bit of a taste of it. So anyway, there you go. Contest from Skull Toaster tomorrow on the 14th. Answer the question correctly. 
get randomly picked by Seth, get an autographed poster from the 18th from Zayo. And I'll videotape them signing it for you. Yeah. Follow Skull Toaster. Follow me. Listen to the rest of this podcast. Enjoy the never heard before music. Love you guys. Thank you so much for making this the biggest thing I've ever done. And I'm looking forward to doing other things like this. Without further ado, let's get going. Shut up already, right? Let's get to the Zayo. <laughs> I always love when they show like the weird people that do like the talk shows in the, in the morning and how they record them. Like they record like a few at one time, and then yeah. they, or they when they do the commercials where they don't really go anywhere, and they're like, <laughs> "And we'll be right back, and we're back. We'll, we'll be right back, and we're back." They have to go ahead and splice it. So. uh <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to the next chapter again of As the Story Grows. This is Trav, and uh, we literally didn't stop talking. We just put a, we just, we just pressed pause in between the two. But uh, we're back, but never left with Dan, Jeff, and Scott of Zayo, and we're going to continue the second half of the uh, the new album, The Well Intentioned Virus, or A Well Intentioned Virus. We'll go with the. the it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. officially the, as of right now. So, uh, hey, how you guys been since I talked to you last a few seconds? Good, man. Good. Yeah. I did some push-ups and like, you, you know, took good. a shower. You look Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, you, you're so flattering. Oh, stop. <laughs> Track six. Where are we at, fellas? That would be Xenophobe, I believe. Oh, I heard that which, one sucked. Yeah, Next. everyone's heard Track seven. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, not to do whatever, but it's... You haven't heard the disco remix yet, though. <laughs> <laughs> No, like seriously, there is one. Yeah, there, oh. there is actually. I actually, I, I don't know where it's, when it's going to come out, but it will be unleashed at some point. You're going to have to go ahead and email that to me. I promise I won't share it. I just want to laugh and point and laugh at you. It's actually really, it's actually really good. Yeah, the disco remix. Yeah. If you don't uh, shake, Scott, do do you want to? Who, who who was it that did? Oh yeah, we can do. Yeah, um, my buddy Joey Milligan from Anne Berlin, he does remixes. So we sent him the the stems and he was able to remix it and if you don't shake your fucking ass that <laughs> song is that a threat i'm out Can we, can, we try, can we try something different? Can, can I take a stab at what I think this song might be about? Sure. All right. Is it about? Yeah. Is it an attempt? Something tells me that the fact that people are clenching so hard to their religious beliefs that they're not even be able to see the forest for the trees is starting to bother our friend Dan. <laughs> a little bit. Got it? Yeah. Am, I, am I in the right church wrong pew? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Uh... 
I think that's been bothering Dan since Blood and Fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I think this song, too, is about the, this is the weirdness of even now, like, there's a new player in the game, which is social media, which okay. is like, I mean, it's awesome, but it's also awful. You know, uh, awful. every weird seller dweller has a voice now. And, you know, yeah. I mean, what, what it really comes yeah, down one to. Yeah, one of them has a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, what it comes down to, right? too, is like, if, if, if you are aligned with a certain belief and you see an article pop up that aligns with your belief, you tend to believe it. Okay. It, it does, and that has nothing to do with any whatever. It's as simple as that, you know, and it's, it's, it's about like misinformation, you know, yeah. platform, you know, and fear, fear and a cause and a solution. We live in Western Pennsylvania, which is also jokingly referred to as Pennsylvania. Um, it's weird so, out there. You yeah. guys deserve it. It's a weird mix. I mean, Jeff will know. I mean, he lives in, in Brooklyn now, but he's from here. It's just, it's a bizarre hybrid of people. You guys call I, your mom mom, and, and you call soda pop, and you like the penguins. Ugh. Uh, I feel, but I, I also feel like like Western, like our area, like Greensburg, Pittsburgh area, has gotten weirder since I've left. <laughs> really? Like, it, it's a it's a weird like place. It, really, it is. Like, every story I hear coming out of there anymore, like when I get like news stories like filtered through me, every one of them is about heroin. Yeah, yeah it's and terrible here. It's heroin terrible. was never an issue when I lived there. <clears throat> like yeah, you could, it was hard enough to get good weed, let alone heroin. When I was in high school, I knew a lot it of the, I, I knew a lot of the gnarly dudes, and nobody did heroin. It was like, oh, that one guy did cocaine once. Oh my god! Right, right. But it was like heroin wasn't a thing, and now there's like, literally in this in Westmoreland County where we live, there's like kids in middle school getting busted selling heroin and doing heroin. Yeah, that's like the football stars are it's like, like coming it's, up. It's like literally like being. a plague. Uh, they did a news segment. There was this heroin that came around that was really strong, and it was killing people. And they like interview junkies on the news, and they're like, well, yeah, I mean, I want to get it because it's like the best stuff. You know, and it's like killing people, man. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's an epidemic here, really. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy, man. It's been in the last like five. I mean, it's it's been around longer than that, but it's been like an epidemic for probably like five years. Jeff, you know? when did you leave the area? Probably about two thousand six, two thousand seven. So this is a ten. This is a decade thing. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, like, well, I, yeah, because I, I, I moved out like the same year the fear came. The the fear is what keeps us here came out. Mm -hmm. like, right after we stopped touring, pretty much, I, I moved up to New York. So it's been that. As, as you joined Zayo, you moved away from it. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I joined all part. Yeah, I mean, when we were touring there for a while, even even there, like after I joined, in between tours. I my my wife now, but we were dating at the time. Uh -huh. uh, he had moved to New York, so when I was in Zao, we were in between tours. Even though I was technically living in Pennsylvania, I would come up to New York. And you were right? Okay. Yeah. Once I knew we were done touring, I sort of moved up here. I wonder how. I wonder how heroin became such a thing in such a short amount of time. Uh, I think part of it is just. I think it starts with pharmaceuticals. And prescription medicines, and then 
it's cheaper to do heroin. So, you know what I mean? Like in this area, like Oxycontin is as bad as heroin, you know? Mm. And then you see news stuff where like, what was it? Two months ago, they just approved Oxycontin for kids 10 and under. (laughs) It's like, we don't want to legalize weed, but we'll give little kids Oxycontin. And that's the way it works. Yeah, you know pharmaceutical I mean? companies make so more can, money. Yeah, they can make more money on oxygen. And, you know, and then once you get addicted to it and can't get it anymore or whatever, and when you get it cheaper, then you always right. got your good buddy heroin. Right. You know, and, like, now, and now you're a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, like, it's crazy around here, man. It's It really is. It's like, uh, actually around, it's actually the worst around where Scott lives, like Latrobe, mm-hmm. like Derry, oh. like uh, that area. It's, it's, I mean, you'll look, there'll be like news stuff where like we busted 15 dealers selling heroin undercover cops at like Sheets parking lots. You know what I mean? And you're like, holy crap, man. Like, it's just crazy, man. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, and xenophobe is pretty tongue in cheek. I feel like when you read it, whatever, it's like, you know. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's about the, right there. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's this and that. It's you know, fierce. You know, and uh, and and I've heard the rest of the album, uh, the mixes that Scott sent me anyway, and um, good choice to get people's attention again, in my opinion. Like nothing wrong with the other songs, but Xenophobe I think is probably the best one to grab people by the shirt and be like, "Hey, we're we're still alive." I think Xenophobe got a lot of people's attention. You guys, um, yeah, yeah. I was telling me a little bit about. Um, logistically, Jeff, you seem to handle a lot of the, uh, like actually pressing the seven inches and doing that kind of stuff and everything. And you guys did pre uh, pre orders for six hundred seven inches, and they went up like, sh- like heroin in a sheets parking lot. Boom! Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, they, they, I think I mean we did them in two batches, but the total hours that they the the seven inches were available to sell, they sold out in total. If you combine the two things in, I think I figured it out, 14 hours. That's bonkers. Wow. <laughs> so, good choice. I, I think, uh, and, and uh, the other the other track's called Fear Inside, right? Fear Itself. Fear, 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 fear Itself, sorry. Is that going to appear later on this list on the album, or was that a B-side? No, nah, that's a B-side, yeah. Right on. Which I, I really like that song. Me too, me too. I like, that was actually, I wrote that song. I like song. it so much I forgot the title. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wrote that back during Awake, and I just didn't make it on Awake. Okay. And uh, it was always one of my favorites. And then, you know, we did the 7-inch and Xenophobe was whatever, and I was like, I was always really fond of these lyrics, and they just didn't make it onto Awake, and uh-huh. I felt like I held on to them, like I really like this to be a song one day, and right. uh, I always had like it's that's an ang- that song is just an anxiety attack song, but uh, okay. you know what have you? But <laughs> if you want, I can move on to number seven here. Do it. Which I is I, I, I'll explain this. This is a weird song, but uh, it's called the Haunting Pool. 
so there's been a few periods in my life where I've been really, really sick. Uh, you know, just like flu or whatever, and had oh, okay. cra- had crazy, crazy fever dreams. Like you know, a lot of times you don't remember your dreams, but a couple of times in my life, starting like the first time I remember was when I was eight. But I've, there was these times when I was sick and had these crazy like fever dreams. But so this was maybe about two or three years ago. Uh, just I had like a gnarly flu and just home sick, and I had this dream where. I went into this haunted house and they're like, not like I went into a haunted house, but I just, I was like in this house and there was these voices speaking to me, but I never actually saw anybody there. And they were explaining to me how haunting works. And it's when you go into an area where something happened, there's these pools and the deeper, like you can't see them with your eyes. It's almost like, you know, another dimension or whatever. But uh, when you step into these pools, the deeper they are, the more of an experience you have. And it's an experience of, you know, like almost like a ghost experience. But it was like I had this dream and these ghosts were telling me this is how haunting works. Like if someone goes into a house, it's haunted. Mm-hmm. They can't see them. But there's these pools. And the deeper they are, the more intense an experience they have. And if you go into a pool that is above your head, you never come out. Uh, you're, it's like a Twilight Zone episode. Like you're locked in this haunted state. State, right? And, um, and they kept they kept telling me it was broken when we found it. We found it like that, and I was just like, I was almost like it was almost like I was allowed to come in and see how it worked. And I was like watching someone go through and having experiences, and then they're like, yeah, if you go into a pool that's over your head. You're locked into that. You're like, you know, you stay in that situation for eternity. And it was just this crazy fever dream I had. And it was like, I literally woke up, had this crazy dream, opened up my phone. And I could like send you a picture one day, but I was like, they called them the haunting pools. The deeper it all, the deeper the pool is, the more intense of an experience you have. And if you enter a pool that's over your head, you can never get out of it. And then at the end, they just kept telling me it was, you know, it was broken when we found it. We found it like that. And I woke up and was like, I mean, it was like a lucid, intense, like when you wake up and you're like, oh, I was dreaming. You know what I mean? When you wake up and yeah. feel relieved to be like, oh, my God, that was a dream. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. But uh, and I just always thought it was a cool concept. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you sent chills down my back. I'm in my basement by myself. <laughs> yeah. I, I live across the street from a cemetery. So I have, like, <laughs> like if I, you can ask Scott, he's been to my house. If you walk on my porch, there's probably like, there's probably like 2000 dead bodies. Like, <laughs> Great. you know, like 50 yards from where I'm standing right now. So, sometimes, so, so I, 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 I want to sound a little Norwegian black metal. Sometimes I just like sit on my porch and like peer into the cemetery. And I'm just like, it's really crazy that there's like thousands of dead bodies. Like, you know, you know and, uh, and when I get sick, they like speak to me through weird dreams. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just whatever, you know, but, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's the haunting you, pools. I hope you sell enough <laughs> albums to be able to move someday. Jeez. And, and, and I also think it's just a sick song. I think it just came together, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Was the, that the, the one cool. spot that we were talking about? Uh, we kept referencing uh, "Where the Slime Live" by Morbid Angel. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, that was Scott and I. That was our reference point where we were coming up with the main riff was where the slime lived by yep. Morbidity. Oh wow! And, you know it's weird. Like so, like Scott was talking about before. There's like these weird things where he'll write a song, and then he'll send it to me. And, and some of the songs they'll have little like like singing verses or something, you know. And it was weird because on Awake, a couple of them like I had written lyrics, and I'm like Scott, this is so weird. Like what I wrote and what you initially sang like are perfectly aligned. But this song and a couple songs on this record, they're literally Scott's exact melodies where they hit on the same, like, whatever, but it's like the lyrics are slightly rewritten. You know what I mean? Where, like, they almost rhyme with what Scott wrote. You know what I mean? But I was like, hey, Scott, like, uh, I dig the melody and whatever, but it's the same melody, and it's almost like rhymes, but they're, like, different lyrics. And he was like, yeah, cool. There was a couple songs like that on this record, which was a first, uh-huh. to where, you know, the all, I don't want to say it, and uh, actually, um, yeah, a couple songs on, uh, on this record are like that. It's, it was just really cool. You know, I can't, uh, I don't have it written down right now with the, initially what Scott wrote, but it just, like, came out, like, super cool. Like, you know, once again, like, it just aligned, uh-huh. where I was like, I... Uh, you know, it's the same amount of lines, it's the same almost rhyming, like, vernacular, but I guess change the lyrics a little bit in the sense of, like, just the actual wording, but everything hits on the same syllables and the same. It was, like, kind of cool, you know what I mean? And uh, I like that because I'm the type of person where I like to have a little bit of something to go off in the beginning because I feel like I have so many ideas sometimes, it's like I have to be nailed down. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, there's a cool song. Wow, I, I think That's it's just like it's it's a cool, straightforward. It's a little weird. It's not like anything crazy personal or whatever, but just like mm-hmm. a cool. And it wasn't like, hey, I want to write like a weird, you know, song about ghosts or something. It's like I, I, I had this crazy dream and had written some stuff down. And I, right. when I heard this song, I was like, nope, that's it, you know. But that's what works about it because it's like a completely like fantasy scenario, but at the same time, it's something that actually happened. Like, you have the dream. Mm -hmm. So even though it's not based on a experience you had, it kind of still is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. I mean, that's 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 how how I look at it. It's weird. Like, I I pretty much had a dream where these weird ghosts that I couldn't see explained to me how haunting works. And I was like, that's cool. (laughs) You know, like... (laughs) And it's like, whatever. You know, we could have another podcast. I've actually... Every fever dream I've ever had, I remember and have written down, and uh, they're, they're, they're all pretty interesting, we'll say that. I mean, let's put it this way, Dan. You live across from a cemetery, so it very well might be a true story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows? Man. Yeah, maybe you are being haunted. It's weird, you know? Actually, actually, to bring this up, so, you know, when it comes to dreams, I'm a, I have a terrible anxiety issue, you know? I'm a warrior. I have constant anxiety. So when I go to sleep at night, my anxiety manifests itself in dreams. And, and I don't want to be sad or somber here, but I've like never had good dreams in my life. I've never had a dream where like something cool was happening. My dreams are always like ghosts, haunted houses, natural disasters, like weird anxiety manifesting itself in the subconscious type stuff. And I, I sleep like a baby, but I have crazy, insane, weird dreams every night. But most of them I don't remember. But when I'm really, really sick and they're really, really weird, I always remember them. <laughs> That's unique. 
It's cool, that you, uh, cool that you got to form that into a song. That's that that is. And I wasn't trying to be like, oh, story. like, hey, let's have a cool whatever. It was just like, like I said, man, I'll have a pile of lyrics, and I'm just like, it's almost like they pick themselves, not to be whatever, but like, it's like, yeah. okay, this song is uh, these like, and it was like three lines I had written down, and uh, I heard the music, and I was like, you know, fanning through a book of stuff, and I was like, oh, this is it, and I expounded on it, and. Yeah, and then uh, you want me to move to track eight here? Do it. It's called Observed Observer. This song, as weird as it sounds, I think I was watching some weird movie, but it started with this one line that was like, that reminded me of a witch's chant. <laughs> and not not to be like, I'm into, you know, witchcraft or anything, it's just like right. the old school, like old woman chanting some weird thing. It was, uh, the fire burns, the fire burns, the leaves, they fall and twist and turn, gather thoughts to be unlearned, uh, wooden cribs to marble urns. And then... Mm. Uh, and then Ew. the next, the next line that comes in sometimes, and is, is, is like, I don't want to go into this and sound cheesy, but I was, uh, listening to Howard Stern one day and Dave Grohl was on and he was talking about the writing process where he'll write a song and just like, he'll have like a melody pop in his head and like random lyrics pop in and he writes them. And he was talking about that song, like, here comes my hero, you know, watch him as he, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. and he was like, it doesn't mean anything. It was just a thing that popped in my head. So I had the beginning part and then the rest was these like weird just random things that popped in my head and the first couple lines i just thought were interesting like wordplay and then uh you know it gets into the same like weird existentialistic stuff the, the dualistic chaos of life and uh the vastness of uh observing stuff it's it gets into a song about you know the idea that sometimes you have this vast universe and as humans we're just an entity that exists for the universe to observe itself through us. So, you know, we're a conscious being that looks at, you know, anything from like physical structures to whatever to be like, Hey, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. uh, you look at the sky, you look at the stars, whatever, but intangible objects observing themselves through us. I'm sorry. This is like one of the weirder songs. But, Dude, uh, you, you've said sorry at the end of every song description. It's cool. Uh, you know what? Right? Uh, my boss at work, I say sorry so much. He's like, I'm going to have a fucking sorry jar. And every time you have <laughs> like a swear jar, and every time you say sorry, um, you have to put like money in a jar. Cause I, does, that, does that count for the podcast? Because you, yeah. like, you owe me like uh, a uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to like uh, take out a loan and pay you when we're done here. And then uh, the end of the song gets into the, exist, the, the interesting idea where uh, – we're, we're carbon-based life forms and you know on earth for a lot of the whatever is uh and the only source of carbon known in the universe is when a star dies so it's like kind of a weird you know view of the universe viewing itself and like scientifically and we're all stardust man yeah like literally yeah we like, are uh, we're yeah. literally there's Mogi stardust right. in our dna Mogi and, was um, right scott yeah yeah he was yeah. I, can I say something that's going to sound really weird? No. <laughs> Which song is this? Observed Observer. 
No, oh, but where's the worst Cyrus? Deserved? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> Jeff, 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 are we are we keeping you from something, buddy? No, no, no. no. I, we, we so much, no, here's the thing: we spend so much time with the original titles of yeah. songs. Oh, right, right. When we're in this stage of the record, it's really hard to uh, get the working title out of your brain. Right, right. Got it. And there's two like this stage of the record. There was a couple songs that was flipping back and forth in the order, so I just I had no idea. I got you. What was the working title of this one? This was Osiris. Okay, all right. Yeah. This was Osiris. Now yes, it was Osiris. Now observed, ob observed observer. Mm-hmm. Right on. I like that. Very rarely, very rarely does the working title end up being the title. Yeah, yeah, right. and, and, and I mean, I Awkward. still whatever, and I have like all these notes written, but I just wrote the regular title, and so I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, I guess we got two left. On to the next one would be uh, this is a long one. It's uh, the sun orbits around the flat Earth witch trials. You, Scott, and Russ mentioned this one. Yeah. And this is, uh, you can see a lot of heavy influence on the cover with this one. I mean, this song is about, it, it kind of toys with the idea of like old truths, you know, that are embraced by the majority, where at one point they believed that the sun orbit, you know, the sun orbited around the earth. Uh -huh. And then you have, um, you know, the flat earth idea, where uh -huh. at one point, you know, in history, Everyone believed the earth was flat. And if you went against that, people thought you were crazy. And then, like, the witch trials where, you know what I mean? So it's the song, you know, everything from, like, Mercury, asbestos. It's like... Wait till they prove the moon's a hologram. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I mean, it's just, like, the idea of these, like, old truths that ended up being fallacies. But uh -huh. at the time, if you believe them, you know, it was like, you know, you went... You, it was like, whatever. But if you didn't believe them or if you went against that popular thought... Like there was people that were killed and tortured, and yeah. you know, and it's um, it, it, it's partly about that. Um, it's partly about you know what what today are the false truths. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like what is happening Scott today? About, Scott and I talk about this all. Like the time. you know, what are we going to look back on? Like say like right now, 2016. What are we going to look back on in 20 years and be like, I can't believe we thought that was okay or. I believe we thought that was like a truth or what, you know what I mean? Yeah. How and, they uh, do that for something that's 2000 years old. Hold it. I don't know. I don't get yeah. it. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's also like, uh, and, and it also deals with that. We like, can we just be honest that we don't learn from the past? You know what I mean? Right. Like, can we just be honest and say that there's all these things that happened in the past and we say, you know, you got to learn from the past and the past repeats itself and so on and so forth, which is very true. But we don't learn from it. Can we just be honest that we don't learn from it? Because there's things happening today that happened in the past. Not only that, but this goes back to a similar song, which uh, is uh, Everything You Love Will Fly Away from the Fear. You know, the idea that like nothing that exists now is going to exist in the future. For instance, like you know, this podcast will, will go out, and in 100 years, you know, uh, it may not exist, and people may talk about it. I'm not saying in 100 years people talk about this podcast, but right. you know, there's things that happen in history that it's like, can we trust history? You know what I mean? Because things change. It's like, 
Right. You know, it's like the uh, the telegram game where you say something and you tell it to 10 people and then it changes. It's like... I feel like it has to... It's funny you say that, too, because Scott and I talk about this. Um, Jeff, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, too. Yeah. Um, this is going to implode. It has to. Because the only way that they... I'm using they. I'm painting with the, the broadest brush in, in, in the brush bucket. The only way they can control that information is to control all of it. And the fact that it's out everywhere now the fact that i can uh push a button on my phone and have access to all the information everywhere that this has to implode because the people who want to control the information can't anymore well they can the the, the people that control the people that want to control the information do control the information okay the information is out there Yes, you could type something as out there. It's in the quote-unquote cloud. What, uh -huh. is, what is the cloud? No one knows. I, I know what it is. Explain it. It's somebody else's computer. That's all it is. As soon as the people that control it, whether it's Microsoft, uh, you know, the Android people, uh, Apple decide to discontinue whatever it is that's storing your shit, it's gone. It is gone. It's there for eternity as long as they determine it's there. All it is, and, and, all it is and, a bunch of ones and zeros. And then it's, it's the same idea, too, where as, as the past gets, becomes more of the past, it becomes more distilled, like, in the sense that, like, something that happened 50 years ago when the people that were actually there aren't around anymore and it's just their, you know, words or whatever, it's like, you know, it's, it's, just, it's crazy, man. It's just like, how do we really know what the truths of the past are? You know what I mean? Because people write them like, did they write it down like truthfully? Did they, you know, well, and that's what's so weird is and you're right. It's because I think for a lot of, a lot of the bulk of human history is based on oral tradition or like yeah. one person writing it down and saying what it is. And there was this big boom in the 20th century where you actually had documentation of what was happening, whether oh. it was like television broadcast or audio recordings. Like there was a very distinct form of documenting what was happening. And it's in a very physical finite form that will be, that can be preserved very easily. Now we've gone back the other way where at the, at the snap of a finger, Apple can wipe out so much stuff mm. because every, no one, no one is physically keeping track of this stuff anymore. Down to, down to your family photographs. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's tangible. It's like, it's like, it's like what, what is tangible? You don't have that. Like, it's it's out there, but it's also more controlled by two or three people than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. And it's digital, which means there isn't a physical. Yeah, and people know. and the, the oral tradition has died because people don't talk to each other anymore. It's documented online. Like it's 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 really weird how we've reverted. We've gone back. And it's even like something that happened a hundred years ago. It's like things change. And if you look at like changing history and history books, it's like what really happened? And, and for instance, I always find this interesting, like criminal cases, like popular criminal cases. We still never know what actually happened. You have this person saying this happened. 
this person say it didn't happen. This person's found guilty, but it's not like at the end they go, you know what? I'm guilty. I'm going to tell you exactly what really happened. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then like, 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 and like I was saying, like mercury, asbestos, it's like, Hey man, this, this stuff's totally safe. 20 years later. Oh no, this kills people or like lead paint, you know? And it's like, um, but like the, the title came from that. Yeah. You have like, you know, this, they used to believe the sun would run the earth, you know, like witch trials, flat earth, you know? Uh, bloodletting, you know, leeches, all this stuff, man. It's like, this used to be like, this is like, this is medicine. And if you were like, no, it's not medicine. They were like, we're going to kill you because you, you know what I mean? Whatever. And it's just like, and then, uh, you know, like, and then like you look back in history and go like, yeah, they were totally wrong. And it's like, well, what today, what today is, what today is the sun, you know, orbiting around the earth? What today is these things that everyone believes that in like, you know, 10, 20, 50 years, we're going to like find out that we're totally wrong right. and look back and be like, Oh man, you know, that was like a big mistake. <laughs> you know, I think the criminal case thing you're talking about, it's, it's really interesting, especially now, like when, when, when information is finally let out, you know, that's, that's something I always thought was crazy. Like you're saying there's, there's like the arbiters of the information. So like now you can, some things can be released that we didn't really know before. Um, you know, like yet that information was there the whole time. Yeah, it was there right. the whole time, but, but for some reason now, now it's being put into the public arena. Right. So you can, you know, all these things that you thought possibly <laughs> are completely and utterly wrong. Um, yeah, it's man. It's just something to ponder, you know what I mean? In the end, this, the, the, like this track on this particular album is like, you know, presents an idea, and it's like just ponder it, just think about it, like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's as simple as that, like, just something to ponder, you know? Where, and uh, this is a song. This was actually one of my favorites. I, I wrote this a long time ago, actually. Cool. Well, not like a long time ago, but a couple years ago, but. Um, and I still have a ton of stuff, so I'm looking forward to the future as well, you know, but yeah. All right. So, but all right, we're on, uh, we're on the, we're on the yeah. final one, which will probably be a big conversation here. Oh boy. Uh, the last song is called, uh, the last song on the record. And it kind of reminds me of, it's, it's, I feel like this song is real epic. It kind of reminds me of like the last song on the fear. Okay. Um, but it's called, I leave you in peace. If you go back into my old Zaya lyrics, like, for instance, like, why is the Serpent's Ravage Ritual, it's, it's not a new idea. I guess we can end this on a weird whatever, but in my personal thing, whatever, I just I got to the point where I found my peace, and I just, as, as weird as this sounds, I just don't care anymore. Yes, There's so much do. stuff to obsess over, and I just don't care anymore, like, Hey, like, uh, are you are this or that? No, not really. <clears throat> are you this or that? No, not really. I just don't care, you know. Yes. And, and, and to quote Absolutely. Star and to quote Star Wars, only Siths believe in absolutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not. I don't believe in absolutes. Like, like people want to say, like, you have to be black or white. You have to believe this or that. Like, no, I just don't care. Like, I found my peace. I found, 
you know, in, in not caring and nothingness. It's like, and, and, and I know that sounds weird, but it's like, no, it does not. Um, but it's, it's a quick journey through like me being young and what led me to like believe or not believe certain things and then why I shifted and then, uh, you know, but in the end, like, you know, I'll say this about Zayo, you know, kind of coming out of as a Christian band. Like when I joined, like, you know, the Splinter, uh, Blood and Fire came out of the Splinter Shards record, which was a heavily, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, even, like, the Splinter Shards is a very evangelical record, mm-hmm. you know. And then my my perspective was, I mean, when I joined, was like, yeah, you know, this is in, like, 1998 or something. Like, yeah, you know, I have certain beliefs, but this is what bothers me about the whole idea of those beliefs. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, Lies of Serpents, uh, you know, Ravage Ritual, you know, a lot of those songs. Like, I, and it's like, so in a weird way, I'm not really talking about anything new. It's just like the same thing, just from a slightly different perspective. Mm-hmm. But, um, and uh, so it kind of goes through, you know, the first few beginning verses go through like, uh, what led me to, you know, this and that. And sorry about the scary door. Um, haunting cool door. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not actually opening any doors. That's just the ghosts. <laughs> but, um, this is, this is where I might go back to my notes here. It's, it's what, it's what attracted me. And in the same sense, what initially drove me away. Uh, The, the, the true, when it comes to like general religion, the true, does it really truly change a person's core, like the person at the core? It's, it's weird because with Awake and the Fear, we never did a lot of interviews. Um, we never did a lot of talking about what the songs are about, which I especially would like okay. to maybe, hey, maybe we can do a podcast one day where we go back and talk about the songs on the fear are about and Awake because I feel, I feel like they were both, and I feel Scott and Jeff will agree with me, I feel they were both overlooked records that have like really good content and really good songs. Mm-hmm. But I also okay. feel like we're, we're branching away from, you know, the initial sound, like, you know, people ask now like hardcore band, metal band, like I don't, I just, I don't know what we are. We're not, we're, we're not a hardcore <laughs> I don't band care. and we're not a metal band. You can band. take exactly we're, what you just said. Yeah, I don't care. Like, yeah. It's, right. yeah. And it's just like, I just don't care anymore. It's just right. like, yeah. I found my piece. Um, I'm not trying to convince anyone else to follow my path. It's just like, well, I think musically, musically too. I think even by the time we were working on the fear, we had kind of established that as a band musically too. Like we didn't give it, we we really didn't care anymore. Yeah. It was just like, we're just going to do, we're doing, we're doing what we need to do musically and we're not worried about like, oh well, this is too metal for the hardcore band. This is too hardcore for the metal. Like we didn't care anymore yeah. because it was just like this is this is gonna do what it does. And we already know we don't we don't work with the metal scene, and we don't necessarily work with the hardcore scene. So we're just gonna do what we do. It's hard to explain. It's just like it's, it's making music, man. Like not trying to make music for a specific crowd just like it just comes out how it comes out and um but yeah i think i what i i, I really think this last track is epic i think it's like uh, i'm curious for people to 
listen to it and read the lyric. And, and I think going into this record, what's really cool about this record is, and like Scott will tell you, when we started initially working on it, it's like, we're not on a label. We're not trying to make a comeback per se. You know what I mean? It's not like, right. hey, Scott, hey, Jeff, like, let's make a big comeback. Because we never really broke up. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. we played some shows. It fizzled out. We decided to, like, stop doing the touring thing. But the lineup never changed. There was never any, like, dissension in the band. You know what I mean? There was never, like, you know, this guy wants to do this, that. We all kind of, like, unanimously agreed, like, you know, all right, we're not going to tour for a little bit. And then, you know, when this record started coming to fruition, it was like, we're not on a label. Um, let's just, like, record some good songs. If people like them, cool. If they don't, cool. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah. let's just do what we want to do because it's not, like, a big staple in anyone's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, day-to-day -day life. And I think, you know, you say this every record, but I feel like this is one of the best records we've done in a while, man. It's like... <laughs> I've heard them all. I Scott, going back, I have heard a couple of Fear songs. I haven't heard the whole album. Uh, but um, this is... This is a departure. This is a totally different direction. It yeah, is. And it's, a, and it's like, we, we kind of went to it going like, if people like it, cool. If they don't, then they don't like it. But I think without that pressure being there, like we weren't on a label. We're not trying to like, we're not trying to put out a record, quit our jobs and tour all the time. We're going to do some like weekend warrior stuff. And, you know, that'll be cool. And, you know, it allows us to all, you know, live our lives and do this. And it's, and you can tell Scott, we approached like we want this to be fun, not like fun, yeah. fun per se, but like, yeah, no, pr so no pressure. Let's do it. Like we're, we literally put out this record as like, here's a record that we wanted to give you. And, you know, it's like, we're not hinging our lives on this. It's, and I think it came out really good because it was kind of like free. Yeah, it was very free. And like even like like Scott said, we recorded at a cool pace and you know, especially for me, it was cool to just be like like I can do this without like stressing about my day to day stuff and Right. I'm able to focus, you know, do this and uh this is for like our core fans and if other people like it and I think like looking back and listening to the record, I'm like, This is one of the best records. I feel like it's the culmination of everything good in our prior records like put into one Meet, meets like a new direction like i think it's what people liked about liberate and like you know like fear and like this and it's just like you know it's boating it's dark it's serious it's heavy and, I, and it's probably the first zaya record too that was done that was allowed to complete itself like at its own pace. We we had no deadline on any of it. Like no no label no label pressure. Yeah, right. There was no, nobody saying, well, this ha you have to have, you have to hit this mix date because we have to hit this release date because this tour is coming up. Like all this stuff. Right. I mean, even us doing that seven inch was so liberating of the fact that we said, okay, like here's two songs. This is what it is. Like not going to be a lot of them. We're going to make it handmade and cool. And I mean, people bought it without ever hearing it based on faith. Yeah. Like we put pre-orders up before we even released the song and they were pretty much gone. And 
and then people liked it and it was just really liberating for us we're like we're on the right path and then everything else about the record we're like okay what we're doing is working and we're gonna wait till it's ready to go yeah it's i don't know if the band's ever been in this position no i don't think sounds to me me like you guys might not need a record label not in the traditional sense not in the i mean honestly not in the way that most bands want one uh i think i mean we we've we have a couple uh, discussions going on, mm-hmm. um, and there's people that we respect and want to work with that we very well may put it out, but we're approaching it from an angle that it's like we want this to reach as many people as it's capable of reaching, right. but we don't need it. So we're not necessarily going to compromise what we want to do with it. Right. I love that. Perfect, I'm perfectly prepared for us to put it out by ourselves if we have to. We can't. I'm willing to do it. We can. We we can't. I mean, it's it's actually physically, financially possible to do it by ourselves. Now, a label offer has to beat that, and that has freedom and peace and liberation in it, and that that's going to be hard for them to put a sticker price. Absolutely, on. and that, that's why that seven inch was so important. Mm-hmm. You can do this. Yeah, it has to be. I feel like it just has to be on our terms, and not that we're like prima donnas, like oh, this has to be whatever. It's just like we want to do it this way, and it's like I feel like everything in the past always got weird. Like, <laughs> you know, like for instance, when we put out the fear, but my only thing was like I just want the lyrics to be easy to be read, and then it came out with this weird like backwards mirror. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's not easy to read. And it's let's like, figure out the hardest way for people to read these lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Backwards, right? And and I'm like, it's it's heavy <laughs> screaming music where you know it's not like it's not Gordon Lightfoot where you can like pick apart every word he says. You know what I mean? It's it's wait wait it's not Gordon Lightfoot. It's not. And I I I really like Gordon Lightfoot by the way, which Got whatever is whatever. But you know, Sundown, that's a classic song. But sure. Uh, you know, uh, it's just. Um, I think it's the beauty, once again, to go back to it of not caring in a sense, where it's just like, I'm super, like, not to go back to Matt, I'm super stoked on the layout, you know, especially for an, uh, a vinyl version, like a gatefold vinyl version. Oh, like, it's, it's going to be beautiful, man. This guy just nailed the artwork. Pee-wee's just chilling. My dog, he's actually, I can't believe he's being so cool. Way to go, I have a dog named Pee-wee Herman, if it makes you feel any better. It makes me feel fantastic. <laughs> he's a shih tzu. He's a pretty cool little dude. <laughs> you should name. You should get him a doghouse and name it the basement of the Alamo. <laughs> yeah. He kind of looks like Falcor from The NeverEnding Story. He so does my talk. dog. That's weird. Yeah. Lots of opsa. Yeah, yeah, those are good dogs. I'm a yeah. small dog guy. We talked yeah. about this on the yeah, phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I grew up a big dog guy, but uh, here I am with three kids and no touring band and a, and a lap dog. I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> I can <laughs> tell you what happened. I landed here. Um, I want to talk a little bit more. Uh, this this time came in a little bit shorter than the other one, but I feel like we covered just about. I mean, I'm not sure how much more there is to talk about the album, but. 
Uh, Jeff, you were talking about how liberating it is and, and, and how this album got to finish itself when it wanted to be finished and everything. Can you tell us a little bit about the recording process, the studios? Jeff doesn't live near you guys anymore. Like, like how did it all come about? Where did you record? Who's mixing? Who's mastering? Give us all the logistical liner notes. Uh, well, we did it uh, with uh, these guys, uh, Tree, Tree Lady Studios in... Uh, I don't know what is that. I guess that's Pittsburgh, the Greater Pittsburgh area, not not far from the Dawn of the Dead Mall. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, not far at all from the Dawn of the Dead Mall. Uh, they had actually the mall, the mall made famous from the Zayo DVD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there at all. Uh, beer bottles on the floor. That, that was me. Sorry. They recorded your vocals for Awake, didn't they, Dan? Yes. Yeah, yeah. They did. They actually recorded the vocals on the last record. Uh, okay. But yeah, yeah, we uh, I did the drums with them. Everything everything's pretty much been tracked there. Uh, Dave, yeah. Dave Dave's a good guy. He's a patient. Garrett, he, yeah. He's a patient, good man. <laughs> and, Dave uh, Garrett? No, Dave Dave Heidick and then Garrett Haynes. They're the uh, Garrett's basically the uh, the mastering engineer there, but he's like the owner of the studio. And uh, both of those Got it. yeah, okay. both of those guys are. Fantastic people. Good. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Scott's really good about like demoing out ideas, um, and he'll like send songs with pretty much the guitar parts and program drums. And I'm kind of given to an extent, you know, on some things like freedom to just like do what you do. So oh, we have like 19 songs. Right. And I just kind of went in with uh, the demos that he had and laid down all 19 songs. In three days, and, by the uh, way. <laughs> yeah. Beast mode. Three. Wow. You're an animal. But because he's so thorough with the demos, I was playing along with like a full arrangement of the songs. Uh-huh. It, so, gives, you, it gives you an idea of... like. He pictured halftime here. He pictured quicker stuff here. He wanted double kick here. Right, but it doesn't mean he's writing the parts for it. He's tracking the road to drive on. Right, but even as I'm playing it, it's kind of uh-huh. like it's kind of like I'm playing along with the band, so we can immediately hear if it works. So we're all in agreement that Scott is pretty much a musical genius. Yeah, no. yeah. yeah, he is. <laughs> Well, that, yeah, no. I, hey, he doesn't get enough credit. He's I mean, a, I just, yeah. I mean, I just, and that's what I, I did. That, like, goes, no. I, did that, like, I did that like two years ago, and then from that point on, it was just kind of like after he actually then went back in and all the real guitars were laid down and all the other instruments were tracked, like at our own pace, like, and when Dan started putting down vocals, that's when we started, like, really, like, figuring out, like, okay, this song's going on the record, this song, it's, it's, a, it's, it's very weird working this way, because most bands don't. Like, it, right, like, yeah. Right. And there's, a, there's already a couple songs cut, and, I mean, they might not disappear entirely, but... And then there's some other good songs waiting to be recorded, and yeah, uh, there will probably be a, there will probably be at least another release or two in addition to the record to kind of clear the vaults. It's like our Europe '72. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at one point, it's like the what? Say it again. Europe '72. 
uh, Grateful Dead tour where they crushed your. I don't get it. Uh, and only a few cuts made it, but it was a slaying tour. Got it. <laughs> so Jeff knows what I mean. I know. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, like, this was almost a double record, and it got to the point where we're just like, let's chop it down a bit. Yeah, make it fit on okay. vinyl. I'm just, yeah. I, I'm so excited because, oh, man, just the layout looks like the music. That's what I was telling Matt. I was like, man, like, I sat back one night and just looked at the cover and the inserts and like listened to the record. And I was like, the artwork looks like the music back to that Matt dude. He slayed it, you know? Yep. And I, I'm just stoked to have a record where it's like, it's an entire entity. Like you right. have artwork, artwork to look at and the music, you know, I noticed, I noticed with the artwork when the gatefold folds in half, half, yeah. then you get and to that, open it all the way up and be like, yay. Like it's the cool. Rest of it. Yeah. It's cool too because like I, I picked apart a lot of it and that could be a whole other podcast, but it's pretty much like the mouth of a grave opening up and coming out of it is, you know, a ghost and the the, the deities out of the cavities of the mouth and Jeez. it's a it's a witch on a pyre uh -huh. with you know a, a broken you know a weeping vessel being opened releasing out uh, the the bird plagues from xenophobe and uh, it's just perfect man and yeah. he, he nailed the like inside liner art and everything man it was just like it was more than i could hope you know and it was cool to get like just a random person's perspective on our songs you know and it was just like man this dude I, nailed it i was like texting in jeff and scott back and forth as like he progressed and from sketches to like you know like better artwork to finalized artwork it was just so cool man to see you know. my favorite my favorite detail was the uh the z cross nailed to the uh which is yeah the pyre yeah, yeah. like yeah nice. it's just you know and then just like and then the insert is a there's two inserts and the first capsulizes the first five songs and the second capsulizes the second uh -huh. and, uh, he he killed it, man. I feel like the final product's going to be beautiful, and we have some ideas for how it's going to be released as a CD and an LP. You know, just but my my I know this sounds weird, but my vision is that people will like open up the gate for this record and like put on the record and just look at the artwork, yeah, and just you know absorb it as like an experience. You know what I mean? And uh, that's a double gate folds are for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just straight artwork. I feel like it's uh, like an onion, you know. So we've got a lot of layers. And the more you get into it, you know, the more you'll understand how weird things tie together. Beautiful. What else needs to be said about this album? Well, I'm just, uh, hey, man. Nothing needs to be said. It just needs to be mixed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because i read reviews i'm like yeah this is this album yeah whatever and it's like it's done and you know when when it's when you know when it's mixed to where we're like stoked then it's going to come out and it's going to you know for the people that are willing to receive it it's gonna you know it's gonna melt faces man it's cool. Any plans on any plans on the format, or is that still up to the no label versus a label thing? Well, like, like once it's mixed, is it popping up digitally right away, or what? No, no. I think I, I we're gonna. Like, I just wanna, I just wanna add in a subtitle. My wife just pulled in with my daughter, so it could get weird here in the next minute. <laughs> Perfect. 
Perfect. Or she could be asleep and it could be totally fine. So we'll find out in a minute. Yeah, Go ahead, Jeff. Will. My uh, dog, my I, dogs. I'm my, holding out. I'm holding out hope for label just because I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to uh, box up and mail out every record again. I told him, if it makes it, if it makes, if it makes it feel better, Jeff. That's I fair. actually, me and Scott had a talk where I'm like, I'm totally willing to break up the work, you know. Oh no, it's fine. It's fine. It's just like I, I think it needs to be a larger. Uh, it needs to be a larger release, and I want it to get to as many people as possible. Um, yeah, like I don't want it to be that have to be that hyper limited, like the 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 actual vinyl of the album. Right. Um, I want someone to be able to walk into the few stores that are left and be able to to to, to grab it. Um. So we're going to explore that option first. Mm-hmm. If that fails, then yeah, then it'll be up online as soon as uh, as soon as we realize that all. Uh, you know, oh, all options have broken. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll then it'll be it'll be up. <laughs> nice plug, buddy. Nice plug. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I brought it up as a joke, half serious. Is uh, a third re-recording of All Else Fails. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if if you want to know a weird little secret too, if you listen to the last track, there are prior Zeo stuff peppered throughout the entire song. Slight wordings. Yeah, I caught them. They're really cool. No, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. know. You don't. How would you know, Travis? You don't like us. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, you want to say? Uh, hey, I up? like you guys now because I got to talk to Danny and Jeff and Russ. <laughs> <laughs> My little maniac just got home. Mommy. What's her name? <laughs> At, old Addie. Addie May. Huh? Addie May. Can she hear me? Hi, Addie Mae. No, nah, I got my headphones in, but she is. Oh. <laughs> She's going to. She wants more milk, she said. Who does? <laughs> milk. Oh, I want milk. more milk. Oh, oh milk. milk. <laughs> well, but, let's wrap this thing up then. Thank you so much for all your time, because this, this has been about a two and a half hour thing. Yeah, it was awesome to do this, man. Thank you. Yeah, this was super cool. Thanks for thanks for letting uh, as the story grows, be the vessel to get this thing out there, the vehicle, I should say. Are you trying to get? Milk? I'm trying to get some milk here. Travis, <laughs> Travis is the seeping vessel. <laughs> You've been sitting on it for two and a half hours. <laughs> You've been I've waiting. Been sitting, dude, I, I've been sitting on my balls. It's like this. <laughs> <laughs> Drag this out for another 20 minutes then. And just you wet yourself like a dog. You can pee next to your dog. We'll just here, hold on a second. I think we might have a new sh- another show here. I think. <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> Frozen on Ice is going to be on here pretty soon. I don't need more to edit. Olivia. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Yeah, man, it was awesome. Well, thanks man. a lot, guys. Hey, thank you. I really do appreciate it. And uh, everybody, go uh, get your milk, get your dog outside. Jeff, go get another beer. Go get another beer. And um, thanks, man. All right, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Take man. care, guys. See you, dude. Good night, sirs. Bye.
We love you. Take care. Bye-bye.